Hey guys, I just wanted to take this opportunity and inform you about our amazing virtual summit called the Game Changers Summit coming up in January 21st, 22nd, 23rd. It features some of the biggest thought leaders and game-changing speakers from around the world. It is for established business owners and entrepreneurs that are stuck, that are plateaued, and are ready to take things to the next level. We're going to give you some new ideas, some new tools, some new tactics, some new strategies. We're going to be going through all of the amazing stuff to do with leadership, to do with marketing, branding. We're going to give you so much great value. It's insane. And guess what? It's free. Yes, that's right. It is free. If you are, want to take the opportunity and come and join us for the three-day event, I shit you not, it's going to be one of the biggest, baddest, biggest events in the whole world. Uh, so make sure that you click on thegamechangersummit.com and make sure you click on that because it's a free event. You cannot miss it for no, no, no law of no money. So I will see you there January 21st, 22nd, 23rd, and uh, we'll see you there. Take care. Bye. This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers audio experience with myself, Adam Strong. Now, today, today's guest is a little bit different from what we normally have on the show we normally do a lot of thought leaders, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of entrepreneurial type of stuff. But today's guest comes from a very different background. And I'll tell you a little bit about him very, very shortly. Um, interestingly enough, we've been following each other's past probably for the best part of around 18 months to a couple of years or whatever it is. And it's been interesting just to see um, the, the journey that my good friend Stephen Gillen has gone through over the last sort of, uh, I suppose, his lifetime in, in a way. So let me tell you a little bit about Stephen because um, he, I mean, he's going to probably tell you more than I will. But Stephen really, he grew up in, in, in Belfast, but moved back over to London when he was younger. And he got into the life of crime. And believe it or not, he's gone through massive transformation, right? He has gone from into what we call redemption, right? You know, really kind of looking at his life and really changed his life around and now is a successful entrepreneur. He's a best-selling author. He's got another book, new book coming out. Um, he's also, um, believe it or not, he's also been given the, um, he was nominated for the International Peace Prize 2021, which is, which is huge, absolutely massive. Um, he's got, um, his book's called the monkey puzzle and he's got another book coming out as well in 2021, uh, 2022, sorry. And he's even got his own TV show called the crime files, which is also on all the major TV platforms. And we'll talk a little bit about that towards the end. Now, what we're going to be talking about today, ladies and gentlemen, is we're going to be talking a little bit about adversity, but we're also going to be talking a little bit about mindset and challenges. And also, we're also going to be talking a little bit about trust because this show is built on some of my personal values, which is all around integrity, trust, uh, living by personal values and stuff like that. So we're going to be going down that road. So um, uh, first of all, I just want to welcome you to the show. Stephen, welcome to the show, my friend. Hi, Adam. Thanks for having me. Good stuff. Good stuff. Listen, um, you've got a very interesting background. When I read your bio, I was like, shit, Jesus Christ. Oh, my gosh. Like, I mean, 
you, you, you know, you, you, your past, and it's interesting because you had, um, you also had a, you were in foster care as well. I mean, I, I can share that same thing because I was also in foster care as well. Probably, maybe we all have our different experiences and whatever it, what it is, but you got into, into, into crime uh, at an early age, didn't you? And, and then you were sentenced 17 years in, in, in Her Majesty's, uh, uh, um, I suppose, can't say royal, royal quarters, but I suppose it was, um, it was a bit of a, a life shock, I suppose, in a way. But um, tell us a little bit about your experience with prison with regards to that, because I know that um, leading a life of crime to where you are right now are two very different worlds, two very different uh, connotations. Tell us a little bit about that. How did, how did you get into the world of crime? Was it because of people around you were hanging out with the wrong crowds? What, 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 what was the backstory on that? Yeah, so I, I had a lot of trauma growing up with the first thing, you know, there's no excuses. It, you know, me, it has to be said now in my in my business life or anything that I do, I, you know, I think I blame me first. All yep. right. Yep. You know, I have the accountability of me first. And, you know, you should uh, be there first to manage these things. So it's never mm. about excuses or pointing fingers for me. That's the first thing. But you know, examples of what happened to me then was I was born here. I was taken over to Belfast, you know, as a young child, mm -hmm. six months mm -hmm. old. So this was right in the height of the troubles. The war over there was the first thing. Mm. So, you know, there was a lot of hardships there, but I was kind of left with family there. So I didn't have my maternal mother, father, normal kind of upbringing, as it were. Then I come back to this country when I was nine. Mm because my surrogate surrogate mother who, who was a relative really to me she died of cancer sadly so that was another trauma i come to east london and you know i went through a succession of of children's homes and which was um quite quite violent and different stuff mm. like that really they were like many 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 prisons it was very tough adam and yeah you know, as a child, you know, I didn't have the right instruction, you know, or role models then. I mean, this is this this is evident. And, you know, I had to really forge my own way and survive, you know. And I, you know, I really I really went forward. And yes, it was the bad crowds and all this kind of things. But, but you know, uh, you have to be accountable. I, I was an angry, angry child. And I, um, you know, I went into... Um, petty crime and really really quickly into serious organized crime mm. which which come to an ending really really quickly um mm. thankfully now yes. you know when you look back in hindsight in my early 20s it was a big sentence and you know it was everything that it should have been then you know it was a different life then and and that's what happened interesting really interesting now i know that you when you were in prison i mean you were seen as one of the most notorious criminals of of the day and age of in in prison and stuff like that and i know that i i, I read some of the backstory about the fact that you're in solitary confinement for for quite some for quite some time i'd like to talk a little bit about that because i mean solitary confinement i mean that is uh, you're basically in a box really aren't you and you know and i don't know what 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 were, what was you thinking when you were in solitary confinement? I mean, I mean, we talk about, especially in this day and age, right? We talk about people who have to quarantine and things like that. You know, that 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 in itself is 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 a prison, right? You know, you 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 are being forced to be in a place which you might not like or whatever it is. Prison's exactly the same. 
when it comes to solitary confinement, what were the things that you were thinking of when you were in solitary confinement? Like how was, was, was you like going through feelings of, oh, I shouldn't have done that, redemption, I feel sorry, think of the victims. What was going through your mind when you were going through solitary, when you were in solitary confinement? I think it's interesting now, Adam, uh, the state the world is in with COVID, yeah. because many people, everyone, you know, yeah. basically would have had some kind of test, you know, to their freedom of having their freedoms taken away and, yeah. and being locked down, as it were, and having to deal with this stuff where people wouldn't have had any kind of insight into into what that would actually be like at all. Mm. That's the first thing. And look, you know, we think of many things. I mean, it has to be said that I was um, a serious criminal, a target criminal in them days. As I said, I was the uh, trajectory of my life, how it was propelled me there with you know, what I had at my fingertips, which was basically nothing, you know, I had to survive. And so I ran with that. And um, people deal with imprisonment in different ways. You know, mm. I wouldn't suggest they deal with it in the way that I did. But I, it's just the way that I done it, you know, to, mm. to survive. And um, it, it was a living hell in there. It was very, very violent. I was a category A prisoner. I was released to category A prisoner and in units, which is not your normal general prison population kind of thing. It's high mm. security. Mm -hmm. So it's all about security and uh, containment, which is, which makes things a lot tougher. So, you know, mm. this is where a lot of the uh, solitary comes in mm. and, you know, I mean, I must have done um, about five years solitary, all in all, if you was put to put wow. it together, which is 23 hours a day in a cell. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of tests and different stuff that have looked at this kind of stuff. You know, you know, human beings, they do it, it deteriorate after, after having to go through things like this, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically mm -hmm. even. And it was definitely... Um, a terrible a terrible time i mm. i studied you know i done a little training you kind of do anything you can to kind of survive and keep mm. yourself strong but it's funny where the mind takes you you know that's yeah, why i, I started gonna... writing that's <laughs> i started writing i mean that i was gonna say because like you know especially when you are confined in such small quarters you know the mind can go in different directions, right? You know, it can take you down these different paths. And, you know, and, and also from a mental health perspective as well, right? I mean, some people don't deal with that type of thing particularly well. Um, I guess you kind of began to get used to it, I, I guess. But what did you, I mean, you know, how did you, how did you, your, your mind cope with that whole kind of being in, inside for 23 hours a day and, having kind of your i suppose independence take away taken away from you because that's exactly what it is you're, you're you're having your independence taken away from you you're being told what to sit when to when to sleep you're being told when to eat and things like that i mean how did you sort of deal with that and what was i suppose this is a really good uh, question really because mm -hmm. it goes to the heart of what you know can really forge us for the better or for the worse in the sense yeah. Yeah. And I suppose the best analogy is, you know, if you look at some of these monks, for instance, mm -hmm. they're not in prison, but they really go away to a cave or they do whatever they do for years. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the fundamental thing there is that they deal with themselves. True. Now, you know, uh, having everything 
stripped away from you, Adam, uh, literally, and just being left with yourself is quite a thing, I have to tell you. I mean, there are unbelievable jewels there. Mm. And this is, this is, you know, what it's about. Mm. It's that real intrinsic, internal, having to manage and learn about you, really, mm. which, which, you know, in the face of it, because our lives are so busy out here, True. not many people go anywhere deep as what they kind of thought they would. But there is a lot, a lot of value in here. It's can be detrimental and of course it's not for everyone and it can do great harm to some people but for some of us especially you know entrepreneurs it really is how we are forged to be entrepreneurs and how we are as people that really drive us forward towards success right was there anyone in 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 uh in prison that you can remember that you you thought you know what this this particular person and and it kind of goes back to kind of you know, scenes from, say, the Shawshank Redemption or, you know, and, and that kind of stuff where you kind of have maybe the wrong person who's in prison or someone that has been there for so long that is, no matter how many times he's asked for parole, has not got it or whatever it is, was there anyone in prison that you thought, you know what, I, I like this gentleman or whoever. Was there anyone that you respected, whether it be a guard, whether it be a prisoner or whatever it is, that you thought, you know what, maybe they could help me kind of, you know, bounce back and move, make me make me be to become a better person uh, when I do get out of here. Any any thoughts there? Yeah, absolutely. Look, you know, there are shining stars everywhere, and it's it's character based. It really is. You yeah, know, always. <laughs> and you know, there are then beacons of light and beacons of wisdom, beacons of talent and uh, guidance and strength. And there was certainly, you know, that in there as well. It's, it's, it's not a, you know, in my experience, it's not a fertile ground for things that are good because of the nature of it. Um, but, you know, through adversity, you know, we, we find ourselves in the right ways. And, you know, this is the gift. There are gifts there if we, if we are brave enough to search them in the right way. And these can really help us on our journey. I'm just really, really grateful I was one of them uh, guys to be able to do that. I know that um, when you do a lot of these types of interviews, uh, I know that they like to really kind of go into the, you know, kind of you must have gone through things like violence and I know prison isn't, isn't it's not a fairy tale by any stretch of the imagination, of course. But, you know, I always, I try to look, I suppose for me is I try to always look for the good in things. Do you know what I mean? I don't know about you, but I guess you, without that, you know, how can one remain positive? How can one, you know, sort of keep the mind sharp enough for it to give up all hope? Do you know, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, um, you know, I have such a depth anyway, you know, really as a person. I mean, my mother would say, if you put a, you know, a pebble in my mouth, you won't hear it hit the bottom. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's certainly true, right? And, um, you know, I'm very, very... But when you look at the world and its history, even, it's, you know, I love human beings. You know, I'm a philanthropist. I do a lot of humanitarian stuff. Mm. But I realise in human beings there are dark corners, mm. you know, in us that have to be mastered. And, you know, if you look at just the history of wars and different stuff around the world, it is there, Adam, you know. You know, in this... You know, this is something we have to uh, circumvent, you know, as human beings, you know, and manage. So it is always about bringing, bringing the light, you know, for me now. Very good. Love it. 
Now, I know that kind of adversity as well, you know, as we're on the kind of topic of adversity, how did you find um, adapting to the new world after being free from prison? Because I think you were in prison for almost 12 years and it, and it obviously must have been a bit of a shock to the system, you know, because it is a different world when you've not been outside for 12 years and, you know, things move on, people move on and technology moves on. How did you adapt to the new world? How did you find it? You know, did, was there, how did, how did you deal with it internally as well from a feelings perspective? I'd love to know more about that. It's very difficult. Um, if you can imagine, when you get a long-term sentence like that, it can actually take you two, three, four years to really yeah. you. That's the truth. But it's the same on the other end, Adam, you know, coming out, really, because, you know, you're quite institutionalised if you think about how uh, susceptible human beings are really to programming or, True. you know, survival, right? True. So it's very difficult. And, of course, the world moves on. You know, and everything that you know moves on. You know, we're talking over a decade here. It's a long time. So it, 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 it's, it's quite hard to make, that, to make that transition, which is why a lot of people fail, unfortunately, really. How did you, how did you deal with it? Um, because, uh, I mean, I know that there are, for example, people that come out the armed forces, which, again, is a very institutionalized, you know, sort of... Um, institution if you like yeah, exactly structure layer, and really. stuff like that the robot yeah, yeah. type of program routines habits that kind of stuff it's very similar isn't it do you know what i mean but i how did i mean how did you i mean what was the first thing that you did did you go out and say right i'm going to go down to the local local cafe and have a good english breakfast what was the first thing you did <laughs> <laughs> well you know the first thing is it's never what you think it's going to be <laughs> right you know you can you know you can sit there and of course these are these are wonderful feelings that you would think oh you know one day and and all this stuff. I mean, there was actually times when I was going through that for a long time, I never thought I would get out. This was how really bad it was. You know, you couldn't see a future. Right. But when you start to see a glimpse of a future, of course, you, you know, you're making plans of how it's going to be and who's going to be there and all that. You know, it's not like that, you know. Um, you know, it is about finding finding your feet. I was lucky I had, you know, some people around me you know, my wife and different things then where I was, you know, I had, I had support networks, thankfully. And, um, but it was still very, 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 very tough. And it took me a while to, um, you know, to find myself, to start finding myself again after that. Nice. Very cool. And I know that you, I mean, being where you are right now, which is kind of very entrepreneurial now, you're very entrepreneurial, you know, you're, an author, you do a lot of peacekeeping stuff and, you know, very different life from when you were, when you were younger. What was the, um, I suppose, what, what did prison teach you in terms of taking that transition into kind of what you do right now? What, what, what was the big kind of turning points or the, uh, you know, I suppose, you know, what was the kind of the catalyst if, as such to say, do you know what, when I'm out of here, I'm going to start a business. But was it as easy and was it as simple as we're saying it is? I mean, what was what's your thoughts on that? When did when did you first think of, uh, oh, do you know what? I really want to start a business. I want to be independent and sort of, uh, you know, um, no kind of control my future. Any thoughts there? Yeah, it's um, the first thing is the journey is internal. 
yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But I did, you know, I did, I did start, um, you know, I know you in there. And then after when I come out, you know, I went to university, you know, and I got a business degree and nice. done that. That was more because, you know, I'd always thought, wow, you know, you know, you know, I wish my life had been so different and what if and all this. And, you know, I just wanted to do it to see, could I do it? You know, I passed with honours. I was one of the, I really, you know, I had that stuff in me and, you know, I loved it. I was always a great writer you know, great strategist. It just I just had a way of knowing what to do, how to do, who to do it with, when to do it. I had that, I had that kind of instinct, right? You know, like in business now and you know, the timing of things. And it was wonderful for me to be, you know, to be normal, Adam, after all them years, you know, and find the best of me. I mean, I mean, obviously, uh, this is one of my main things even today is developing as a human being and keep elevating and stepping into my full light. This is why, you know, we achieve so much because I'm so focused. I'm so obsessive with that. And I, 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 um, I always do the right thing. I mean, luckily, you know, now, you know, I've populated my life with wonderful people. You know, I always say they're a lot more wonderful than I would have been really, <laughs> but it's the truth. I mean, they all say, oh, Stephen, and, but you know, that's how I feel about it. I'm very grounded. But going back to, uh, you know, to your other question where you were saying, what did it uh, teach me? I mean, it taught me many things. It, it taught me that, you know, it's about choices. It really is about choices, you know, and what you put out is what you get back and what you choose is, is you know, the direction that your life will, you know, will go in. You know, it is about the people in your life who you choose to have in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and it also uh, taught me about the uh, the darker side of humanity, yeah. which you know I really saw through. You know, I saw through that life, and I saw how wrong that was. You know, and how destructive that was. And I was really on a mission to to take take the experience and the knowledge of that you know, and try and improve as many lives and, you know, my part of the world as I could, Adam, really. Love it. Very cool. Um, why, why start a business? I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for 30 years, 30 plus years now, and it's not easy, right? It, it's just one of those, um, I suppose, uphill struggles, especially when you first get started, you know, you have these wonderful ideas, right? And for most people that struggle for the best part of 12 months or whatever it is, sometimes they give some half the people give up, half the people continue to struggle on or whatever it is. But why did you decide to start a business and not fall into kind of what I call the traditional roots of, you know, go to go to university, get a job or whatever it is? What, what, what was your what was your thought process there? Well, I have to admit, I'm always uh, I thought I was quite unemployable, really. <laughs> Not because I didn't do the work. I mean, I always done extra work. Exactly. It's just the way I was. I was a free spirit. Yeah, so yeah. that, you know, that wasn't working for me. And, you know, I had to find something. And my family, um, uh, you know, my brothers and that, they was, you know, they started off with lorries and um, building roads and stuff yeah. like that. You know, so they was quite successful in construction. Nice. You know, and that's how I started. I started there. But, you know, family being family, I started at the bottom and, um, you know, I was a supervisor. You know, I was running my own team, uh, my own contract. Uh, I had my own business and all that stuff uh, within 18 months. That nice. was the 
start of it really mm. you know and that was good because i you know that was extra tough because of mm. the family there was no easy rides you know as it were um question here and something which kind of cropped into my head as you were talking was how did you deal with um did you ever suffer from imposter syndrome at any point in time you know especially kind of looking back at your past sort of life and you know maybe when you've had say conversations with I don't know investors or clients if you're in networking or whatever is did, did that ever crop into your mind about you know imposter syndrome and, and if, if it did you know how did you deal with it? No I think it's fair to say absolutely it did I mean <laughs> look you know you know, the truth is, as human beings on our journey, we we start as a blank sheet, mm. you know, so making, you know, falling down and getting up is a big part of it and um, uh, going to the next level. But yeah, you know, even for me, it was it was more of a, you know, a transition because my metamorphosis was, you know, a 360, yeah, literally, okay. you know, awesome. you know, and absolutely you know, I am what it says on the tin these days. And, but, you know, there is a middle bit, of course, you know, which had to be traversed there. Yes. And, um, yeah, I, I, uh, you know, they say fake, fake it till you make it is a great one. I mean, <laughs> I believe that in the sense, you know, because everyone has to do that at some point, but it's about putting the work in. And again, it's, it's, it's internal. You know, it depends how bad you want it as well, Adam, and how bad you have to have it. Absolutely. You know that passion, passion will only take you so far, though. I can tell you that for sure. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, you need skills, you need to learn, you need Agreed. to be open to learn, you need, you need opportunity, you need a whole host of things. Absolutely, 100%. Very cool. Um, how did you, I mean, interestingly enough, I, I, I suppose, I, I suppose this is probably going back to when you first started up and the business world and and sort of getting into entrepreneurism and stuff did you did you how did you deal with this sort of false perceptions of society and what people may or may not think about you and i mean how did you how did you deal with that was was it kind of did you feel kind of a bit awkward i mean how did you deal with that i think the middle bit of game you know of course is where the magic happens and it's really uncomfortable there right yeah, and right. and yeah um yeah I mean, I think for that for that question, what I done, and I'm very happy to say, is uh, you know, I seen it as a redemption, and you know, I had a kind of a debt to pay. It was what it was, you know. I had to just get on with it, you know. I had to. I was more interesting about learning about me, improving me, you know, and doing what I needed to do, you know, to step into my light again. You know, putting on to other people is never the answer. I absolutely agree. Um, interestingly enough, because um, one of the things that I really like to, uh, one of the things that I believe, Stephen, is is the currency of trust, right? And and I think it's so important, whether it be, you know, dealing with people in the TV and media space, whether it be in dealing with venture capitalists, investors, whatever it might be. How did you deal with conversations with, you know, with those people that had trust issues? Because they might sort of say to you, well, tell me about your background, you know, I mean, you're not going to, you're not the type of person that is, is going to lie about it, but when they have these, should we, I suppose, not limiting beliefs, but I suppose these kind of, um, I suppose these kind of, uh, kind of ums and ahs a little bit because they, they, they're not sure because they have these trust issues and they put these, 
things or these block or they start creating these blockades or whatever it is how do you get around with people that say do you know what i'm not sure because i think trust is very important in business how did you how do you deal with that in from your perspective another great question because look you know i mean you know i can remember i went down to a uh i was invited down to a um event you know speaking event this is years back you know it's called your vision of the future so i go down there i walk into this room and there's uh vc this chairman of that gold commander uh you know the police this uh uh, commissioner of that and all that. I when I thought, wow, I said, all these guys are reinventing the uh, wheel, and you know, and they all, you know, they all, they all kind of laugh, but they said, Steve, so are you. And I thought, wow, you know, I really didn't, didn't feel that. So there was moments, and you know, I've been out before. God, I've been out before. You know, going back, and there's been like lords there, you know, and there's been aristocrats there, and of course, you know, we're getting on famously. And then they would, you know, hear something or read something. And then there'd be that moment, Adam, where they think, oh, my God. And I used to get really embarrassed at that point. <laughs> really. I used to think, oh, God, you know. And I, I, I mean, I don't get that anymore, which is why we're saying about there are levels of learning and maturity in our journey. But I used sure. to get really embarrassed. But then you would find they'd kind of have that moment, you know, and they'd ingest it. But when they had a little look, they'd really come back and would really get on famously. Interesting. Because they'd be really, really interested, really. It's, you know, it has to be said. Of course, there are those who, you know, are entitled to their own opinion. But now, for instance, with the stuff that we're doing, they really are throwing money at us, really, now. You know, you know and that's uh, nothing to do with the past. That's to do with consistent providence, you know, and work you know, an innovation that we do, you know, and we've had to work very, very hard, like anyone else, you know, in this space to, you know, make our brand, make our work, um, consistency of work, you know, uh, you know, get the right shape, you know, to our branding and what we're doing and offer real, real value where we're so attractive in the marketplace that we have them contacts that really value what we do now. And then relationships. How do, it's interesting, and and the reason I ask that question is purely because obviously, you know, uh, me being an international speaker and speaking with some of the mm. biggest people in, on the stage, and one person that really came to my mind was Jordan Belfort because obviously you've got the yeah. for Wall Street and stuff like that. And yeah. I know that Jordan's been on you know some of the biggest stages in the world. But then when you ask some of the people about the reasons why they didn't, I don't know, invest with him or whatever it is, it all goes back down to trust. You know what I mean? But mm. do, do you see what I mean? And that was the real reason why I asked that question, because, you know, like you said, I've got a, I've got a bit to add on that. Let me add a bit on that. I think that's valuable. Yeah. Look, trust. Yeah. This word, this trust thing. I mean, I have to be honest, you know, with me, with business, of course, we're working on trust because if, you know, if I didn't like the people that we was working with, we're at the stage now where thankfully we can choose the people we want in our life. It wasn't sure. always like that because we'd have to work sometimes with people that would do the work, but we wanted to do something else. I mean, this is, you know, this is the journey. But I, you know, I'm, I'm very experienced now as an entrepreneur, you know, to, to quite, quite successful in a lot of areas. And, you know, I don't go on trust. You know, I go on a, a figure of eight, 
uh, value exchange for me and my partners or who I'm with. And we really go into the uh, minutiae and the you know the business engineering of what that actually looks like in the cold light of day. I mean, these are really experienced guys, you know, like me. So when we're making agreement, you know, it needs to be a win-win. There needs to be a real clarity and there needs to be a lot of protection in what that roadmap is towards whatever, um, you know, initiative that we're, you know, we're going to JV or we're going to, you know, SPV or whatever we're going to do with it. Right. Absolutely. Interesting. It's, it's, it, it was just it was just a real fascinating sort of connotation that came into my no, head. No, absolutely. I have to ask you that. Yeah, ask you that. yeah. It's a good question, but trust. No, there's a lot more than trust going on here. Definitely. You know, in the cold light of business. Well, tr tr I, I just uh, I know that trust is. Uh, it's just one of those ingredients that I think. Oh, 100%. It's, yeah. it's, it's a core ingredient, I think. Yeah. Anyway, um, with some of our listeners that uh, are entrepreneurs and business owners, I mean, you've gone through huge challenges and adversities. We've talked about many of them. For those of the listeners that are going through the tough time, you know, with especially with the adaptation of trying to adapt to what I call the new world, um, what I call the hybrid or digitalization of the new world or whatever it is. And, you know, they're finding it still trying to find their feet with everything in, in terms of uh, times of change. What advice do you have for those listeners that are going through those um, tough times and really trying to find those breakthroughs or whatever it is? Do you have any sort of advice for those people? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we build national and global brands. This is what our core core businesses you know and that's everything from the uh money modeling to the you know to the brand the design the digital ip you know the pr you know and the marketing going out to the uh, deep water it's how these things are forged together obviously which is the success of a failure of a business it's it's it's, it's very bespoke you know we've helped over 200 plus businesses now i think we have about 20 24 brands now you know, 50% of them are startup, 30% um, uh, are one to a thousand um, employees. You know, your 20% are your, you know, 200 million plus guys going up to IPO, some of the, some of the, some of the CEOs I work with now. So it's a really rounded, you know, the whole nine yards. And um, branding is absolutely key. And I see so many people get it wrong. You know, and, you know, they don't know what branding is, you know, is the first thing. Even people who should know better, it's, it's really crazy. And then uh, they don't know how to translate, you know, or monetize or translate their offerings, you know, correctly. And then what you see is, is um, you know, they think that they have a brand and that's it. But a brand needs to be developed, Absolutely. you know, constantly. Yep. So this is a big one. I mean, and... Um, you know, we see so many, so many mistakes with that. It's shocking. You know, this is one of the things we do, and it really, really elevates a business to uh, different levels and stability when we get this beating heart right. Yeah, and I agree. I think personal branding is so important. And again, it goes back to some of our conversations around, you know, building trust and, uh, you know, people buy people at the end of the day don't they you know that's what they do is yeah. they buy people and i think you hit the nail on the head when it's like you know people need to focus on their personal brands and then everything else kind of comes into play and i mean there's a bit more to it of course but i i do agree with you personal brand i think is ever more important than than it ever has been in the last sort of couple of years in particular so 
that's a good one. I like that. Tell us a little bit more about, um, I know that you are now in, I, I know that you've got another new book coming out next year, uh, 22. Uh, you've got the, tell us about the monkey puzzle. Cause that's an intriguing title. Where did that yeah. come from? The monkey puzzle. I mean, I'm like, it sounds like, uh, what, what there's a movie which kind of, um, five monkeys with uh, i think it was with uh brad pitt or whatever it is yeah and it kind of reminded me of like monkey puzzle five monkeys i'm like maybe it's some sort of psychological thriller or whatever it is but tell us more about that how did you how did you come up with a title like that it's it's option to be a film next year you know that we have nice. script and everything Love you it. know and it's you know a big budget movie it's going to be it's it's, it's you know there's that we're advanced uh stages with that but the monkey puzzle tree, where it come from, and you know, it's a wonderful book. It has to be said. I was very privileged to really get the authenticity of the message there that it was, you know, you know, to help as many people as possible. No frills, you wow. know, everything wow. in there, and you know, be able to produce that in a way that could really entertain people. You know, it's been a really, you know, a really big success. Obviously, the name itself, the monkey puzzle tree, <laughs> comes from. The monkey puzzle tree I used to have in my back garden in Ireland as a child. <laughs> so that's what it is, the monkey puzzle tree. And there's, oh, there's, you know, there's wonderful writing, writing devices in there. It's a very, very emotive book. But, you know, I mean, I can remember, I can't give too much away apart from to say, I can remember wonderful stories. You know, my uncle, when I was growing up, he used to say about the tree that they're magic and they can hear people's thoughts. <laughs> you now they knew all the secrets of the land so i used to be oh my god you know look over of course i believed it as a young child and i used to go out there halfway halfway terrified of this tree right oh, but it was still it was it was always there and it was um that that's that's part of the reason of of the book about the journey very cool. Now, you've also got uh, a uh, new TV show, which is called The Crime Files. When you thought of The Crime Files, I thought, is it Ruth Rendell? Is it The X-Files? I mean, well, what is that? <laughs> but tell us a little bit more. What, how did you get into the whole kind of TV and film industry? What was, what was that all about? Well, I started public speaking with my story. And then I, you know, I wrote some documentaries on, you know, the world's... Uh, billionaires as I started this is where I started really they're out there and you know and then I'd done some other work I you know I really you know I was a good writer so I had a had an eye for that and I you know you meet some people and you go forward and all that and I, you know my story it was you know really pulled into that uh to that arena and I had a media company and marketing company so I pivoted off that and I learned more I met more people nice. but I um I I made, a, I made a YouTube channel, which is still there, which is the first thing. And, you know, it was part of getting our messaging out because I was getting, you know, interviewed. I mean, I had a million, million hits on, uh, uh, in the first day, you know, on one of my, one of my videos on, uh, on YouTube. I've had immense, immense amount of views in there if people go in there and see. So, but I was doing loads of interviews and people, you know, we wanted to control our messaging a little bit all right you know for our business and different stuff so i'd done this youtube channel but i ended up interviewing i mean there's some billionaires on there um uh david lloyd so david lloyd you know all these kind of people i interviewed and but i you know started interviewing you know as well all the top mafia 
and mobsters in America and Russian mafia in there, all the big names, Michael Francis, uh, you know, John A. Light, all of them out there. And because of my history and the way I was, and I am an investigative journalist now, you know, there's a real uniqueness and flavour to that. Of course, it rocketed. I mean, it's 12,003 <laughs> uh, uh, subscribers now. But then I went on, you know, because the film and uh, the other people in the industry, I you know, was lucky enough to have a wonderful um, offer and a wonderful collaboration with Film Vault, who, um, you know, they are a global aggregate of uh, TV, uh, film, film content, you know, um, uh, they have wonderful partners, you know, like Netflix, Samsung TV, and, you know, a lot of other channels. They build bespoke bespoke TV channels as well. Mm. So we forced a very, very innovative collaboration um, where, you know, we have another company there, Media Eye Digital. So we package content as well as we've built, you know, my own personal channel. It's called the Stephen Gillen Crime Files. And, um, you know, we're going to be getting all the best, uh, top best exclusive genre really in there from film to series to uh, documentaries. So, of course, I'm up there. If people go in there, we're on Roku TV now, as well as a lot of other digital platforms. We're streaming worldwide we're on amazon amazon fire now where you know we're going to be on uh uh samsung tv philips tv sony tv you know we're going to go through all these major platforms it's very innovative and have an unbelievable audience around the world but it's um you know another thing i would say in the back of that is we've just refurbished our own studio, film studio. So this is, you know, to, to create content for all our broadcasting partners. So there's going to be a lot of really exclusive stuff in there. Now, I have to say, we in no way glorify crime or anything like this. <laughs> we, you know, we just don't. I mean, some of our, some of our sponsors would be the police even. You know, this is the truth. You know, I am an investigative journalist. You know, I am a witness, you know, and... And we are really, you know, we're interested in the investigative journalism, you know, true crime, yeah. redemption arc, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Love so, it. you know, it's about changing crime and the causes of crime, you know, and really going with some of these big, big names to cover their stories. They're fascinating. It's a big genre. But we're really, you know, we are, you know, we're interested in, you know, the gifts of how to stop this behavior and really having that elevation, Adam, that helps the kids or helps other people who may think that this is cool or they're going to, it's a really good medium for that. So this is a wonderful thing. It's a great tool. I think it's a great tool for, for sort of the, the younger generation, you know, and if you, if you're creating them tools and education, then, you know, hopefully we'll see, we'll, we'll, we'll see a more safer society around the world, which is, which is fantastic. You're doing a great job there. I mean, Adam, look, as we know, you know, we've all, uh, we know how hard it is, you know, to change behaviors, It is. you know, and we know how tough it is. But, you know, we use whatever tools at our disposal to make things better, you know, in a good way. You know, I mean, we also have, I have four really international documentaries on the slate, 
And some of these are really, really big. They'll be going to, you know, Netflix, different places like that. But they're really recanting, you know, a lot of journeys of really people who a lot of these up and coming children or people who are struggling with this kind of thing would really listen to, yeah. you know. And then, you know, you keep putting that messaging out in a very skilled way then, you know, this is a good way to try and affect meaningful change as well. So, you know, I'm very proud of that. And, you know, I know we're all on a mission for that. This is, this is one of the central, central factors for us um, with all this content-driven uh, innovation that we're, that we're doing now. Love it, love it, love it. Very cool. Listen, this has been a great conversation. Uh, for you guys that are listening in, and I hope that you've... Um, got something from today's show uh, and you've been listening very attentively to uh, again like i said to you at the very beginning a very very different story from a slightly different angle uh, and that's what i love about this show is just bringing on some awesome people like steven uh, to give us a different angle um, from different backgrounds so steven just want to say thanks very much for sharing a little bit of a uh, little bit of light a little bit about your experience and, and stuff i just want to say thanks very much for being on the show today Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for um, inviting me on. And, you know, a big hi to all the listeners. Out there. Thank you. And guys, listen, if you uh, if you want to connect with Stephen, please do so. We have his social media links on the on the links below. So feel free to connect with him and make sure that you when you do do mention do mention this podcast so that he can click two and two together. You can check out the Steve, uh, the crime files with Stephen Gillen on all the good uh, TV um, outlets as well, TV channel outlets. Uh, Stephen has already mentioned a few of those as well. And you've already actually got, it depends on, uh, you've already actually got, they already actually know that Samson are bringing out a Samson channel, by the way. Okay, so that's not going anywhere, but that's between me and you. Okay, guys. So listen, hope you've enjoyed today's show. Uh, hopefully we'll see you again back on the next Game Changers Audio Experience. Take care and see you soon. Cheers now. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening into today's show. I hope that you have enjoyed today's show. Just a reminder, we love creating this amazing podcast show. It wouldn't be as successful if it wasn't for you guys. So we want to make sure that we would love it if you would be able to reciprocate and write an amazing, whether it be a one-star or five-star review. If you're listening to this on Apple, go to Apple on iTunes and go to the Game Changers Audio Experience, leave a one or a five-star review, whichever you prefer. If you're listening to this on Android, whether it be on Amazon Music, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the good Android platforms, go to podchaser.com, that's podchaser.com, and leave a one or a five-star review on there. We'll be externally grateful. Thanks very much for tuning in. We've got some great shows coming up. Cheers.